And welcome to the Chinwag with me, Tufty, and Woody. Hello. I think you're on episode 12 now. Yep, the big 12. Oh, another important biblical number. Yeah. Um, and this week, sadly, we have no guests. But we thought we did quite well to have two in a row. And we've got one for next week, haven't we? Well, two guests for next week. Two guests. Oh, yes. But we, we won't say who yet. No spoilers. And you say, sadly, we haven't got a guest, but I seem to recall you being like, nope, we're having nobody this week because I've got my own thought for the week to <laughs> that share. That makes it sound really bad. It, no, it was because we hadn't asked anyone yet and it was quite last minute and I actually had something I wanted to share anyway. So hopefully it's worth it. It, it wasn't selfish reasons, I promise. Hopefully indeed. Also, happy Chinese New Year. Oh, we'll see year. if that makes it through. Like it's, it's Chinese New Year's Day, isn't it? It's the Year of the Ox. So happy Year of the Ox, everyone. Um, can you get off your phone, please? Sorry, I was just sending a, a happy Chinese New Year to my friend. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in terms of what we've done this week, I have one exciting thing that happened at the very start of the week on Saturday. Um, so I <laughs> went for a really nice walk with Hannah Jones, who you had on the podcast a few weeks ago. And we attempted the Skyline walk. I say attempted because... We got a little bit lost because it's quite confusing because we had the map in front of us trying to follow the signs. But you have the signs, with the little yellow writing that says skyline and also signs that look very similar that say just public footpath and miss the skyline. But we did like a decent amount of it and it was very, very muddy. Um, and then we ended up by the uni and we, it was getting dark and we thought it's probably wise to call it a day. So I saw the uni as well because <laughs> I hadn't been there before and i not gonna lie i was a little bit disappointed with the architecture i'll admit it does leave a lot to be desired just having a, a concrete block essentially as the main attraction yeah because you just it's assume it's gonna be like bath buildings don't you but it's not exactly and also the fact that like, it's got a pretty banging architecture department and then you get there and it's like oh rectangles everywhere but then lots of concrete i think they can't they don't want to employ their own architects to do the designing on it because then it's like kind of they're biased or something. Uh, it's like, oh, they might, not or not biased, but they might be like, oh, I can't remember what the reason was, but it's like... Suddenly the, the architecture department gets all the best buildings. Yeah, or like they kind of have <laughs> investment in the build. I don't know, but like there was a reason why, apparently. But mm. Perhaps if you're an architect, you can email in and explain to us why Bath Uni looks like it does. But the, the lake was beautiful with the fountain, which kind of sort of made up for it, almost. I wanted to give a shout out to the Barnets because we saw them on our walk. And they were doing the Skyline Walk for the first time ever since living oh. in Bath, which is quite surprising. But I hope they got to the end because we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know that there are other people in Bath who have lived here for a while and haven't done the Skyline Walk until recently, because I haven't. No, Isn't I've not it? done yeah. it to my shame. Is it because it's like seen as a touristy thing to do, do you think, that people just don't bother? Um, it's more just it's quite long, I think. Yeah. And I, I've got a bit of a bum knee at the moment, so I'm not sure I could do the entire thing. Yeah. My walking was less fun. I did not go on the skyline. I went on a walk to the um, the Chinese supermarket, actually. I think it's called Hondo. And I would really recommend going just to get even your soy sauce. It's um, It's so much cheaper than the... Uh, supermarkets and managed to pick up other stuff or restocked my um, Asian pantry ingredients and I finally managed to um, get my hands on some MSG. MSG is essentially um, an umami seasoning so 
looks a bit like salt, has a completely different taste, but it's a bit controversial. I think there are some people who don't like it for health reasons, but um, I don't know a lot of the Asian YouTubers that I watch, they re recommend putting MSG in, so I'm happy to have finally got some. I've used it in a few dishes so far, and it, it seems to be doing something. Oh, so, yeah. Fair enough. I did do another walk along the canal, and I had a bit of a weird experience where I called a friend when I was walking back, and essentially I couldn't speak properly. And I think I've like put it down to just, it was so cold that my mouth wasn't working, but I was actually really struggling to formulate some of the words. So I hope that's not anything too serious. It kind of, it cleared up once I um, got back inside in the warm, but mm. you're looking very concerned there being like, oh my days, I'm going to have to let Ross know that but do you think your, is... Was your jaw like frozen up then? Didn't feel frozen, it felt numb. It must be that yeah, cold. That's not that's a bit worrying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. If you're a doctor and you know what's going on there, please email in. <laughs> oh, what else happened? Oh, yeah. we had MTC yesterday. We did. We both thought that was um, that was quite fun. I also really, yeah, I did really enjoy. This is this isn't what I was going to talk about, but um, it's what the final revelation talk we had from Paul. I think it's the end of the series, isn't it? Yesterday. It was, yes. Yeah, it was really again quite a lot of well controversy with you know all the different views on eschatology which is still quite confusing to me but I really enjoyed the end looking at the new heaven and new earth and I was like yes mm. this is wonderful to think about um but also we had a session from Ian from St Bart's called 3D Gospel which was looking at I guess how you can sort of split the world into sort of three main culture types I suppose so in the west it leans more to like a guilt innocence culture and then what in the east yeah in Asia Asia, Asia and the Middle East. And like, yeah, it's more um, of an honour shame culture. And then in more kind of tribal, I suppose, African tribal context, it's more of power, power. and fear yeah. over like supernatural and things like that. Um, and then thinking about how you speak the gospel into those different contexts. So not changing the gospel, but how actually if you would speak to someone from a particular background in a certain way, they might not be able to really understand where you're coming from. But actually the even looking at Genesis 3, like you actually see like guilt and innocence and um, honour and shame like in Genesis 3. So it actually is really cool how it does actually speak into all human experiences in loads of different cultural contexts. Mm, yeah, I'd been exposed to the idea of honour and shame cultures from a book called Misreading Scripture of Western Ice, which mm. uh, is not on my recommendations today, but is a good book. And I've got it here in Bath if anyone would like to borrow it. But um, yeah, the also thought of power and fear, that's something I hadn't thought about before. Mm. And I guess I'd almost been tempted to see any discussion on shame kind of being that wishy-washy Western watered-down gospel of, oh, you know, you just feel so bad about yourself, you feel so shameful, and Jesus is here to make you feel good about yourself. But mm. to actually see it of, no, here's how you deal with shame and honour in a proper gospel context, that was, um, that was quite interesting, quite useful. Mm. And we had to take a quiz, didn't we? I got really yes. different response to you. Which is interesting. Yeah, so the quiz was essentially 20 questions about how people in your culture or how you yeah. respond to situations. And then there's three answers and each answer corresponds to one of the three cultural groups. And mm. what, what, what were you, Susanna? Because I, I just kind of assumed that people in the same similar generation would get a similar answer. But mine was 60% guilt, 36% shame and 4% fear. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I got... 92% guilt, 4% shame, and 4% power. So it's a slight discrepancy there. But I Who wonder why it's different. Like, I wonder what, why it was, like, what our answers were. Interesting. 
this is like the warm up to the fork for the day. I know because like Ian asked people to share, and I was like, is this kind of exposing? Like, does it? Because obviously he knows the quiz maybe better than we do. So I wonder what it says about different people. I was like, is he going to analyze the data on different people and figure stuff out about them? Yeah, uh, yeah. Susanna, you are a fraudulent Briton. That's the reason. <laughs> so with that, let's move on to the thought for the days. Susanna, kick us off. So I was excited to share this thought of the day because I did it um, in my one-to-one with Susie the other day and it was super challenging. Um, so it's in Enjoying God, the book that we're doing by Tim Chester. And then there's a chapter, well, it's called um, In Every Temptation We Can Enjoy the Spirit's Life, but it's not predominantly talking about temptation um it's just more talking about our expectations of the holy spirit and he sort of says like there are sort of two dangers with it either you expect too much or you like expect too little of the holy spirit and i think most sort of conservative evangelicals are in the the second camp like almost kind of wary of not wanting to go you know too um overly spiritual and so you just kind of uh yeah underestimate the power of the spirit um and then and then he um yeah tim said the advantage of expecting little from god is that little is expected from you you'll say oh i can't do that i can't invite my colleagues we can't do this um and then there's a quote from francis chan that says i don't want my life to be explainable without the holy spirit i don't believe god wants me or any of his children to live in a way that makes sense from the world's perspective if we never pray audacious, courageous prayers, how can he answer them? If we never follow him to positions where we need him, how can he show up and make his presence known? No matter where you live and what your days look like, you have the choice each day to depend on yourself, to live safely and to try to control your life. Or you can live as you were created to live, as a temple of the Holy Spirit of God, as a person dependent on him desperate for god the spirit to show up and make a difference it may be that we ne- we rarely experience the spirit of god because we never need him so obviously the spirit is always dwelling in us and like whenever we have faith in christ it's the holy spirit whenever we serve god and um have affection for other people and recoil from sin it's the holy spirit but i think he's talking about how like god is wanting to show up and do amazing things and use us all the time but often we just like don't put ourselves in positions where we really need him and have to rely on him. And then we might complain and be like, oh, some people seem to have, you know, do amazing things and really know God in a deep personal way. And I don't. And then he has a analogy of like a car. So like imagine you've been given a small car with a beat up engine that struggles to go over 30 miles an hour. And then one day you're given an amazing new car with a powerful engine. Um, and a week later, people are surprised by you saying I haven't really noticed the difference but it's because you've never actually driven it over 30 miles an hour whereas where actually the car is able to go to 70 miles per hour in three seconds um so it's like you live the exact same way as you did before when actually we have you know the Holy Spirit within us now so yeah I thought it was a massive challenge I know it's hard with COVID to sort of think of creative ways to maybe do things in the same way as we might before but I think it's just about being willing as well like being willing to put out of your comfort zone to have to depend on God and um to be kind of excited about what he's capable of and not to underestimate him well thank you that is a a challenge and a half for us and thank you Tim Chester and Francis Chan Mm. (laughs) my thought for the day I'm not quite sure how to tie this together so perhaps I'll just start with some background 
of we all make idols of things in life. And something which has really come into the forefront of my life, which I realized this week, is I have an idol of perfection, of doing everything perfectly during the day. And not even like the big things of, oh, if I'm doing a talk or if I'm uh, doing a presentation of getting that perfect, but, like even like to the sense of I need to cook a meal perfectly using the minimum amount of time, the maximum amount of effort, like maximum efficiency, all of those sort of productivity factors. And to do it for the reason of, so I can feel good about myself and so um, other people can um, look at me and think I'm great. And in theory, what I'm about to say now as a follow-up should apply to any idols, but just to set the context of something which I'm thinking about, it's, it's that, how to, how to articulate this. As you can see, I'm not as polished as Susanna today. Um, well, I was reading it from a book, so maybe that's That funny. is true. <laughs> but I, um, I wanted to just look at verses and refocus my mind on what actually is the most precious and wonderful and to-be-treasured thing out there, and it has to be Christ. Susanna shared that we had our final um, uh, revelation seminar yesterday with Paul, and one of the concluding comments is, Christ is the treasure for us in heaven. That's the thing we look forward to. And just a verse from Colossians chapter one this week of verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And I just wanted to remind myself of just how wonderful God is and just what he's done. The remarkable thing there, if you think how hideous our sins are. And yet we've been forgiven all because of Christ's work on the cross. And to think the punishment he had to bear for our sins is just beyond description. And I, well, yeah, I want to focus on that and have that be the thing where that's the most precious thing to me is Christ and him crucified rather than, oh, do I look good to other people? So hopefully that will cause people to think about idols in their own lives and what they've replaced God with. And hopefully that will allow people to start thinking about just how amazing God is. Mm, yeah. Which brings us into the recommendation section. And I'm curious to see how you're going to explain this one, Susanna. So do I'm take us through it. it. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, take us away. There's nothing very... Maybe I'm just overly complicating it. this. <laughs> so me and Lizzie made some really good mini egg cookies this week. Um, is a, I'll give you the link in the email. Um, so the website is Jane's Patisserie and she has loads of amazing things and um, it was Lizzie to found the recipe for their like they're called NYC chunky cookies so they're really fat thick ones and they've got loads oh. of chocolate pieces in them and then whole mini eggs and like crushed up mini eggs and it only made eight because they're so thick so if you want to make more you could make smaller ones or just enjoy the huge ones I think it's worth mm. the effort um, and when they came out, like they're crisp on the outside and then slightly gooey on the inside and chocolate inside the mini egg had melted. Oh, and it was oh. honestly like probably like the best, one of the best cookies I've ever had. And she has on the website, you can make like Kinder Bueno ones, Terry's chocolate orange, like all different kinds of ones. And like, I'm 100% going to try and make some more of them because they were incredible. That does sound, and I thought you were just going to recommend like, oh, this supermarket has a particularly nice no. packet of mini egg cookies. They're but... the kind of ones you would buy in a cafe. Like I'd happily spend like two fifty on buying one. My recommendation is Studio Ghibli, and some of you will probably recognise that and think Adam, you're a genius. Others of you are probably thinking, "What the heck is a Studio Ghibli?" <laughs> um, 
And I think the um, the best way to describe Studio Ghibli is possibly the the Japanese equivalent of Disney. It's it's a large um, movie company out there, and it makes um, 2D animated. Maybe they do some 3D stuff now. I don't know, but traditionally it's always been 2D animated movies, and the movies themselves are really wonderful, like delightfully drawn. The music is almost always top notch, and the way the story is told is different to I think what we're used to in the West like it's you kind of get dropped in a world get to explore it and then you kind of finish the movie with lots of oh I want to find out about this but you don't get those answers and but you still have a plot of some sort like don't get me wrong there and the three films I recommend maybe to get yourself started are Spirited Away, uh, Princess Mononoke and Howl's Moving Castle. Mm, I haven't I seen think... the last two but I've seen oh. like I've heard the I've heard seen the Cat Returns and Ponyo, I want to say, and Spirited Away. We were discussing earlier, we wouldn't quite recommend it for really little kids. No. Like, Spirited Away kind of freaked me out when I watched it when I was quite small. But then when I went back to it as an adult, work of art, just absolutely brilliant. So, um, yeah, we will include a link somewhere. And mm. I think I've even got, I found a copy of um, Princess Mononoke in the, um, the book aid box. So... I will be taking that away after the MTU. If anyone wants to come down and borrow it off me, then they are they're more than welcome on that front. Yeah. Disclaimer, small kids, watch out. I don't want to be getting any complaints saying my kid watched Spirited Away and now they're traumatised. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Slightly awkward pause. How do we end? I don't know. It's just the beginning of I just feel locked in the podcast. <laughs> okay. I will um... take it upon my shoulders to end this podcast okay thank you all for getting to this part of the podcast again and thank you for whenever we bump into people and say they they like the podcast it's encouraging again to hear that people are still listening to them and still deriving some usefulness out of them and yeah we hope you all have a good tuesday onwards and hopefully we will see you all sometime in the building i today actually i got to see the extension from the inside and it looks really big looks really yeah. amazing so i Great. yeah i can't wait yeah i'm so excited to see it it'll be so nice and it being like the 200th anniversary is such great timing too to be able to unveil a new building exactly exactly everyone goodbye uh, goodbye from me bye goodbye from me have a good week bye everyone bye. Bye.